Good afternoon, I am Cade Weiberg, and Marvel doesn't suck. You heard it here first. This is our annual Christmas episode, uh, and honestly, it's actually also the first episode where my co-host, Jordan Peoples, uh, could not attend. He had a family emergency last week, and then ended up uh, having to do a whole bunch of law assignments, believe it or not. Uh, law school did not prioritize his podcast career over his law grades uh which you know take it as you will uh but i decided that i would press on and jordan gave me his blessing and actually it was his idea a little bit i don't want to take all the credit uh but he did say we must keep the christmas tradition alive and i thought who can i reach out to uh that i would like to host this with more than any other person it's clearly our third host our unofficial third host Liam the Man O'Connor, how you doing tonight, Liam? Doing great, and uh, again, just the tr- I feel like there's like a mini tradition of just great intros whenever I come on the, the pod. So, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm I'm honored to fill fill very big shoes, and you know, they don't it doesn't feel like they quite fit, you know. I I totally get that, and you do have some. I mean, th- this is also this is the first time I've never had like a negative opinion. You love Marvel, so this is just going to be two guys talking about how much they love Marvel, more or less. I am I am a tad more critical than you in some rights. I will That's say <laughs> I don't true. have that blind allegiance to some to some aspects of the the Marvel uh, the MCU. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fair. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to get into the the Christmas episode. I think there's a lot of content to dig in, at least from you know what what it, what has been released during. Um, there you know, has been quite stint. a lot. Uh, yeah. So this is our second annual Christmas episode, uh, which will be filled with Marvel topics as well as some fun uh, Christmas themed. You know, we did it last year. Listen to that one if you're curious what this is. I feel like you know what it is going into it. But, uh, Liam, last time I saw you, uh, you and friend of the show, John McCarthy, came to my movie theater in Charlottesville, Virginia, to watch uh, Dune, or see it in Charlottesville, and we got to hang out a bit. And then uh, we parted ways, you watched the movie, and we have not really spoke since. So I'm assuming you loved Dune, but what was your reaction to that movie? Yeah, I mean, it's safe to say it was an experience. I mean, it was just one of those things where you realize the, I don't know, the great debate, I think we can call it, of the streamers versus the moviegoers. Yeah. Where you're sitting in that theater and, you know, a scene that just... I don't want to like say anything because it's like spoilers, but... I think everyone's know, seen it at this point. It's been out for quite some I, time. Yeah, but I think they took it off HBO Max, so I think it's like li- now you gotta like pay twenty bucks to watch it at home. But would it surprise you, you just to tell- hear we ha- still have it at my theater? Like, there's still two showings because oh, really? people keep coming to see Dune. It sold out I, last I, night. We have it in the small theaters, I, but it, it sold out. Like twenty seven seats filled. I definitely want to go back and get another viewing out of it because I did watch. I watched certain scenes at home after, like, the day after I saw okay. it. IMAX, obviously, you want to relive that high. Yes. Um, <laughs> but you just immediately can feel, oh, like, anytime they use the voice, it just oh, doesn't yeah. have the same effect as my seat was rumbling and I was terrified. <laughs> it felt like someone was behind me. Yeah. And it was it was truly just a, a cinematic masterpiece. I, I love Denis' work. He... 
knows how to make a movie. He just no. He just he builds these worlds so well, and I swear I was. And I don't want to out this person. I, actually, I don't even know them. They're a stranger. But, <laughs> you know, I'm working this job and there's Slack channels. I don't know if people know what Slack is. It's that nice, fun online messaging thing that you do at work. And For, it like, has an annoying a, a business notification. professional communication. Uh, yeah, if you want to call it professional, I mean. <laughs> so every and in most in most of my experiences, there's always a movie. Like, you can make a Slack channel about everything. Like, it's kind of like Discord. You know, but people make topics. Okay, let's talk about our pets. Let's talk about plants. So there's always a movie channel. And I'm always curious to see people's reactions. So when Dune dropped, I was excited to see, what does everyone think about this movie? Because I really loved it. And there was one person that came into that thread very upset. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, this guy has some opinions. And when someone disagrees, I always want to know why. Sure. And his... His biggest gripe with the movie to say it was it felt like a three hour long music video. In what way was there music? It, I mean, Hans Zimmer. If Hans Zimmer made music videos, maybe. I yeah. I, it just it felt like he was already on wobbly ground, and then he <laughs> said his biggest takeaway was that they didn't have the gardens in the castle like they did in the book, and that's what he was really looking forward to seeing, and. I just kind of was caught off guard by ha- having that being such a big influence. I mean, it just seemed very petty. But uh, was this know. person it, friend of the show, Patrick Fitzsimmons? No, it was not. <laughs> uh, if, if it was, I feel like I would have. I, I I don't know. I feel like I would have respected that more because at least when Patrick he stands on a hot take and has firmer ground than this person ever ever have ever will have. Yes, so, that's fair. But. Overall, great experience. I recommend anybody to watch it and then watch. Like, if you haven't read the book, you don't have to read. Maybe that's the hot take. Maybe you don't have to read the book. Watch a YouTube video afterwards if you didn't understand what's going on because the movie with subtitles is definitely more, I think, beneficial to a viewer that hasn't read the book because there's all these words for things that are, you know, it's all. I, I get what you're saying. Mystical and, and magical and, you know. And I watched it in the theater three times because, I mean, with my job, I'm essentially back to the movie past days where I can just yeah. pretty much turn on anything whenever. And it's pretty great. The um, golden era of movie going. It was just really being, like, that's when you were watching movies that you didn't even want to see just because you could. Oh, yeah. I There was no other way I would ever get Jordan to sit through Strangers 2. Like, that was the only way that was happening. He just, like, I want to eat popcorn today. Let's go watch Strangers 2. We did. Uh, I think we talked about it even on this show, even though it wasn't Marvel, really. Uh, but I'm shocked that that movie came out during the movie pass era. I, in my mind, I'm remembering that movie coming out in 2010. <laughs> but <laughs> no, Strangers that's probably when the, came yeah, out. Yeah, that, that was probably, yeah. And Damn, they really were slow to make a sequel then. It, I think there was just a whole bunch of red tape, and they the movie that they originally planned on making like did not happen because Liv Tyler dropped out, and it really became like a straight-to-DVD horror movie, more or less. Uh, mm. That was in the theater for free because we had MoviePass. Um, we actually talked about Dune last episode. Uh, Jordan gave in and watched it on his TV, streaming it through HBO Max, and uh, 
I basically gave him a lot of shit because it's really ruining your experience seeing this movie. I re almost refuse to watch it on TV, and I have a pretty good sound system and a TV. Like, I'll get the Blu-ray when it comes out because Denny Villeneuve is the only other person I refer to as the man other than yourself. So, oh, wow. Again, too many compliments. <laughs> oh, I mean... You've earned it, buddy. Over, over every time we do an episode with you, it's uh, you know we did the uh, end game post game, which is one of our highest listened to episodes of all time, uh, and then we ranked the cold opens, which was one of the most fun episodes I've done. So, you know, take yeah, take true. it when you can get I, it, I, Liam. Yeah, I'm sure that's just my parents like sharing it am like amongst their <laughs> friends that you know are just like rewatching it to get viewership up. Uh, and also, convenient timing to have you back on the podcast, uh, we have a little movie coming out this week called Spider-Man No Way Home, and last we discussed, I believe was the cold opens, you were hesitant that this movie would be too much put into a movie, however, the midnight premiere was last night in LA, it currently has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes with 72 reviews, and everyone left the theater full of emotion. It was stated to have one of the loudest fan reactions since Endgame. W what do you think? What are you, are you convinced yet? I don't really put a lot of weight into Rotten Tomatoes. I really I, don't. I yeah. mean, you go on Rotten Tomatoes, and if you look up any of your favorite movies from the 90s and early 2000s, it will have a score under, like, 30%. It's just... <laughs> Uh, and I guess it's not a great direct comparison, but I, I am a little hesitant because I, I, I do think the first two Spider-Man movies were very grounded and contained. And even with, I don't know, did people not like the second one? Because I feel like I, it was a solid follow-up. It I wasn't. It. I think yeah, that's one I, of the higher-ups. As far I as... think it's hard to do a Spider-Man movie in a world in which Tony Stark and the rest of the Avengers exist, and people compare them to Garfield. But I didn't know people loved Garfield's Spider-Man so much. I go <laughs> on TikTok, and every comment thread is about how much everybody thinks he's the best Spider-Man. And yeah. I guess when you grow up in a Toby era, you just you you scoff at Garfield. I but we did grow up around that time, and then the TikTok yeah, generation so... is closer to Garfield. Yeah, so I I guess my thoughts about the movie, I'm very happy it's getting positive reception, but I will reserve that till I go and see the movie because maybe I think there's kind of been a drought. In so in movies? Uh a drought in good Marvel content outside of the shows. Cuz what? Eternals, I didn't see, I can't even talk okay. but from what I read it's, it was a mixed bag. It's controversial. It was, I controversial. really am curious where your opinion stacks up because me and Jordan both put it in our top half of MCU chronology. I mean, that's that's what I've been. I I I was rooting rooting for that movie, and you know, I, I definitely got heavy spoilers just from not seeing it the first yeah. week it came out. That's we live in the age of spoilers. Yeah. So <laughs> with that, it's like probably going to be impossible for me to watch it with a clean mindset going in. But um. What uh, before Eternals was Black Widow? Uh, Shang Chi. Was there any Shang Chi? Was oh Sh yeah, Shang Chi was th that was great until I think the third act where it became too much of a CGI fest. But Shang I thought it was, was good CGI, like at the very least. Yeah, but I think it's what Marvel does a bit too much. Is final battle? I don't know. Just it felt like the movie was building up to something that could have had a better final act than what ended it ended up being. 
but my, still. My only qual like and talking uh, to friends about this, like this is a big year for Marvel just because we had a 2020 drought where we essentially had no content. Uh, yeah. And we got all of the content we could ask for, like four shows, uh, four movies, and when Black Widow came out, like that was probably the best time for me to watch Black Widow because just watching it opening night, like that movie felt like it was eight years too late. It was a fun Marvel ride, but I feel like I would have enjoyed it way more in 2014. Um, so I do really want to watch that. Shang-Chi, I had a lot of fun with, watched twice. Uh, Eternals, I watched twice and also very much enjoyed, but that's going to be one that there's so much world building, like for phase four stuff. So, like, you're going to get a lot more out of it when that phase has been more developed. And a lot of people just did not get on that bandwagon. Yeah, and I, because we are in this, like, not, it's not even a rebuild, it's just a new build era of Marvel. So, Black Widow's the closest thing you're getting to that Marvel hit of, okay, we're watching a character we know and love. So, I think Spider Man coming in, that's where this movie is on another platform not just being a sequel but because it is a fan favorite character and most of the content that's coming out has been intros and origins because even black widow kind of goes back to being an origin story yeah it's not a follow-up it's a it's you're going backwards in time and my opinions on black widow is they took what could have been a very hyper stylized film spy genre do some you know do what you did with thor ragnarok but do it with Black Widow, like have have fun with it or make it a born movie similar to how Winter Soldier was a spy movie. Mm-hmm. I feel that you had a lot of potential and we end up doing a floating city with <laughs> I feel like there's a there's a better story in her character. It's assassins. Yes. And they made it this big like taskmaster, you didn't even care. Yeah. And the the reveal came, it was kind of predictable and they I think they wanted to make David Harbour, this, you know, poach the Stranger Things hype, and just, I don't know, and I and think what it did I is, enjoyed. Like I was going to say, their banter is good, and I think with, not to get ahead of ourselves with Hawkeye stuff, oh but boy. the the potential for her character in the future of the MCU is great, if it does feel with what what's happening with um, Julia Dreyfus's character, um... It's leading towards a dark, dark Avengers, I believe. And yeah. That, oh, for sure. So I, I do think that will be interesting, and especially in this new phase of Marvel, where they're going to rely a lot on, you know, these lesser-known comics, or at least yep. not lesser-known, but Young Avengers, you know, Dark Avengers, and Secret Invasion, all the stuff that's about to come. So they're really, I, I think they're really going to try and weave a web that, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, <laughs> That will have people not dropping off the bandwagon of Marvel's, you know, yeah. the best superhero and content coming. It is uh, quite ironic because on the Eternals podcast, I was slamming uh, Rotten Tomatoes nonstop. And then I woke up today, like early. I was so excited to see the Spider-Man reviews just because I needed to know. And it was sitting at 100% this morning, then dropped to 99. I'm like, oh, the system works. Like, this movie's great. Even yeah. though, like, I get the algorithm is dumb. It's a thumbs-up machine, so you can have a totally mediocre movie that mildly pleases a whole bunch of people and gets a thumbs-up, and it can still be just fine. However, reading what people have to say about Spider-Man is truly inspiring. Like, some are saying it's the best Spider-Man movie ever made. 
Yeah, and I think that when you make a claim like that, that is dangerous. <laughs> I, I I just really do. You're you're setting it up on a pedestal. Because I because I, I saw the, like the review thread like that dropped like Vanity Fair and you know what everyone's yeah. saying. Uh, it just Fair. seems. I don't know. It, it, uh, you have people, I think, that are going in the opposite direction, saying it's like this is horrible. Or, like I've I've seen like some some tanks just like saying it is like uh, relies on the nostalgia, I guess, of old Spider-Man. And uh, and I think my biggest my biggest concern going into this movie is mm-hmm. that you have an Oscar award-winning Spider-Verse film already made. Yep. It is. Sure. It is. I, I would consider. One of, I would say, probably some of the best Spider-Man content exists within that film. Sure, sure. I would agree um, with that. Music, character, world build, everything about that movie, I think, to me is flawless, and I'll, and I'll die on that hill. So, <laughs> you get into dangerous waters when you try to do a Spider-Verse movie with characters that might not have been as well-received like Jamie Foxx's Electro. And but have you seen how he know, looks now? Like, he's not blue anymore. Yeah, yeah, they went with like the ultimate electro. Or, well, no, they did ele- ultimate electro in the Garfield one. Now they're going back to looking more like his. They almost, I think, they took a page out of the video game look for electro. Yeah. Yep. Because they did the same exact thing, and and from what I've read, I think I saw that they stole one. I forget one of the character models or something from the from the game as well. But uh, I mean, it was a popular either- game. Oh, it was it was great. I mean, yeah. again, I'm not I'm never gonna be mad at more Spider-Man content. I think I, I I guess to sum it up, it's I'm I am I am I, rooting for the movie, but I am hesitant. I just don't understand how you because we both really really love Marvel, and you, you know me almost. As much as you, I think you you often love it more than I do in some regards. Really, I I, I, I would take that exact quote and <laughs> reflect it back at you because I I do find myself where I don't know like Falcon and Winter Soldier I thought dropped off like I thought that that show was really uh, it kind of and maybe and it, and it felt like it was because of COVID. It maybe felt like oh, they, they oh yeah, limited, did you, so, you know. I heard a rumor, and I don't know if you've heard this, but apparently, originally, a big plot point in that show was Carly was going to try and replicate a virus that killed 50% of the world population, and they cut that plot line due to COVID, and her character... See, that would have been great. Re- exactly. But her character Dis- just <sighs> didn't seem like it made sense at all. Be- yeah, I mean, Disney gets in their own way, because they have to be... Yeah, you have, and, and you gotta impress the China because James Bond did that too. I, I, James Bond, you knew. I don't know if you watched No Time to Die. Uh, what? Completely, un- completely unrelated. But you figure out why it got delayed as long as it did halfway through the movie, and it does. It, and even then, it didn't feel like it was justified in delaying. I think. Yeah. The sensitivity of viewers is just so so many like eggshells to be walked on. You're gonna upset. You're gonna upset half. No matter what you do, yes. you're gonna upset you, half of people. You are damned if you do, damned if you don't. For yeah, sure. so so don't sacrifice a good story for the sake of the fifty percent that are gonna hate it no matter what. So I I don't know. Where, how do you, how does your taste in Spider Man like Toby? I assume is like your go to, your the guy for you or no? Well, I, I love Holland. I think okay. Holland was 
I was super impressed with how Civil War handled Spider-Man because I felt when I first saw that trailer, and we I think we watched Civil War together, right? We were in the same theater. Uh, we watched Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Okay, I thought so, we watched Civil War together. We watched too. Batman vs. Superman together two months okay. prior to Civil oh, War. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> R- rip. <laughs> um, I just remember seeing it in the trailer going, okay, how are they going to build this? How are they going to shoehorn Spider-Man into the MCU? And yeah. from the second he was on screen, I was wowed by, okay, yeah. this is Peter Parker. Um, Spider-Man 2, obviously, I think up until that point, was the quintessential best Spider-Man film. It, okay. it had best villain, best action, web swing, everything. It, it, it yeah. was the archetype of this is what a Spider-Man movie should be. Um, and you were featured on our Spider-Man 3 episode when we rewatched yeah. the Tobey Maguire trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget. Wait, well, did I call in or was, was I on that episode? You were on that episode, yeah. You were okay. on the entire time. Listen back. You have some hot takes on Spider-Man 3. Oh, God. I Spoiler alert. Not done. a lot of us liked that movie. Yes. So, and again, I feel like this is becoming a No Way Home podcast, but the, <laughs> the, mean... when you when you read the story of why that movie failed, it's because, like, there was, Sony wanted to put all of the, the villains in. And it yes. feels like with this weird deal that they cut back when they were trying to rob Marvel of Sony, or of Spider-Man because the contract dispute and all of that, yep, it yep. feels like they're doing it again. And that's where... You know, I'm hesitant, but I'm just again, so. If, but, if people, if people are saying they pulled it off, I'm I'm excited. I don't know when I can get tickets because I've been hearing that it's they're they're hard to get. Um, people have bought I, them out, so I'm just gonna have to like log off the internet for the next <laughs> few weeks and just pray that I don't see anything on TikTok because my algorithm just sends me spoilers for all superhero content. <laughs> Working at a movie theater, I can tell you. Like I thought that was insane that people had that like were selling $25,000 tickets just cuz like Ticketmaster, Fandango, whatever crashed. And it is way easier to get tickets. We have one show sold out so far for all of Spider-Man. Uh, I can even, you know, hey, I can get you one if you drive all the way to Charlottesville this weekend. Um <laughs> But uh, 7 p.m. on Thursday night is, like, sold out, and that's a big, like, packed house, 100-plus seats kind of deal. Wow. But you can... I don't think any theater, like, past opening night is truly sold out every time. Like, you can see this movie this weekend if you really want to. Yeah. But they are pushing that sold-out angle because it's great for marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I... I, Yeah, I mean, everything I, I... all the news I get on this is coming through my phone, which is all—it's <laughs> yeah. all bullshit, right? It, it really um, is. So, but yeah. I, so you've never been dis- disappointed by a Spider-Man MCU performance, like it sounds like this movie, like really seems like it's going to be a slam dunk in your eyes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really like don't how you see. That it. I, I I think I think I'll, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I think I'm doing the the classic. Uh, what is it? When Devil's you're scared advocate. Of, no, scared oh, of being hurt. No, whatever. Like I'm trying to break myself down. So if I do, if it does, if I don't like it, then at least I can say, oh, like I, I figured it. W- I wasn't gonna like it anyway. Like I'm almost trying to save myself <laughs> from being hurt by just. Hurting I just can't envision beforehand. you not liking it. That's what I'm trying to say. It's just because the I'll be honest, and I stopped watching new trailers because the trailer where he's like Scooby Doo this crap and like 
Whatever. If, sure. if that's all just like fake outs, then yeah. good on them because it's <laughs> cringy and I just like hated the the quippiness of it all. Um, mm-hmm. It could be fake outs. I'm willing to believe it is. Yeah. But also that line didn't really bother me. I like, I especially like the first trailer where Peter shows up. He's like uh, Steven and he's like, yeah. yeah, that's a little weird calling me by my first name kind of deal. Uh, yeah, and I and I understand Mar- Marvel's. It's always been humorous, but I thought we were getting to the point near the end of Far uh, Far from Home where shit was kind of getting real. He's coping yeah. with the grief. Yeah. He almost gets shot in the skull. Yeah, <laughs> which is by, pretty hardcore <laughs> by uh, like an like just an evil person. He was yeah. willing to murder oh, yeah. uh, a, a high schooler. Yeah, <laughs> I heavy shit and. Yeah. I guess maybe I was looking forward to maybe seeing a little bit more of that maturity. Like, we're heading into college years, Peter. And yeah. I was hoping maybe that the character would mature with that. Obviously not losing the whimsy and the, 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 like the lightheartedness of the characters. But a little bit more, like, you know, let's avoid these cheesy, like, uh, Scooby-Doo joke. And, you know, I, oh, I, let's I, laugh. What's your name? Otto Octavius? Oh, that's funny. Like, come on. Don't, I think that was around. pretty accurate, though, because that name is ridiculous, and the fact... I mean, it was the 60s, so anything flew. Like, oh, of yeah. course that can be the name. And then they even poke yeah. fun of it in Sam Raimi Spider-Man, where J. Jonah Jameson, like, makes fun of it. And he's just like, what are the odds that a man with eight appendages is named Otto Octavius? Like, yes. it's kind of just a modern day, and he's a high school kid. I don't know. All of the... All of... Like, I am just... <laughs> I have my email open, because at any moment, I get... We get, uh emails from like the movie studios uh to my work email that says uh this movie is the keys unlocked like the hard drive is ingested in the projector we are ready to show this movie as soon as we get the unlock keys and traditionally that happens wednesday at midnight but there's a small piece of me hoping that i get an email during this and i immediately run to the theater to go watch this movie right now just because i am so excited and all of the reactions i'm seeing like it sounds just like all of these reviews. It sounds like I'm reliving, like the early Endgame hype, like that week when Endgame came out. Just everyone talking about it. I'm getting serious deja vu back to that. Yeah, no, it, it definitely. It this is a big event because it is, it is mul- with the rumors of Toby Andrew if they come back again. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Yeah. Um, even it's just with the characters the that are Willem Dafoe, you know, Jane, like like it's it's a stack cast, so it's yeah. a, it's a big it's a big event for the movies, and you know if it, if it works, it works, and great, and I hope it just means that, you know, I I, I what I don't want it to be is introducing Leto and Hardy into <laughs> a war like. Did you watch know. Venom too? No, I didn't, but I, I saw the end credit scene, so I know it's, what's to come. Okay. But yeah, it's yeah. uh Venom 2 was kind of a hot mess. That's what I've heard. <laughs> it is short. I like the fact that it's under 90 minutes. So I truly don't feel like I wasted too much time. Yeah, but there's a, it, a 90 minute film. Those are those are uh those are ideal. But you originally uh, a year ago were panning this movie before it came out, which I think you were right to do so. Uh uh, especially commenting on Woody Harrelson being cast as Carnage. Um, yeah. Which was pretty ridiculous. I think the worst thing was Sony just made an, what should have been an R-rated movie, PG-13. 
and they don't really care about the source material. Like, in one scene, Carnage hacks into a laptop by turning one of his tendrils into a USB port, which is horrible. Insane. Insane. Visibly cringed. Um, But this movie's going to be so much better, because Kevin Feige has not let me down. Um... He he is he is I think uh, very the way the amount of thought and care he puts into like weaving together all these stories is insane. So that's why I do want to get your take on Eternals whenever you watch it because he gave Chloe Zhao a lot of creative control. Like that was the first time they didn't shoot in Lo- Atlanta. Like she wanted to shoot on location in all these different countries, uh, and the critics did not really enjoy it, and the fans were kind of mixed as well. Um, so I. I, like, that to me seemed like he had finally gotten over the Edgar Wright Ant-Man, like, giving a director mm-hmm. creative control, and then it didn't work out. And he's like, all right, I'm going to try it again. And then the movie actually yeah. gets finished, but the product that comes out is not, you know, 100% to his liking. The yeah. first Rotten Tomato in the MCU, that's insane. Yeah, but I feel like that was also just, like, motivated by people that almost wanted it to suck, because it yeah. was... a It, it did... Again, I can't even say I didn't watch it, but it, from <laughs> marketing, it almost pivoted to this is an art house Marvel film. Yeah, you know, it did a little but, bit, and it had some of that tonally, but overall, it's definitely a Marvel film. Um, but this is our Christmas episode, and Spider Man is coincidentally coming out the week uh, that we are recording this, so obviously that takes up a big chunk of our time. Uh, but We're also here to talk about Hawkeye, Marvel's most recent Christmas offering, and just Christmas in general. Uh, So, Liam, what's the best Christmas present you've ever gotten? Wow. What a great question. Um, I think it was, like, probably my first bike, like, real big kid bike, because I remember just being shocked at the size of, like, the gift. Did it fit under the tree? No, that's the thing. It was, it was like in, it was, it was like right by the chimney and it was just wrapped up. However, my dad, whoever Santa wrapped it, (laughs) (laughs) just in case it's got to be safe about the future. Yeah, they're definitely, they're, yeah, they're kids. Yes. Um, Listening to us say fuck. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's worse. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I mean, it was definitely great. And then. I don't know. One of the, one of the, because my dad was, fuck it. My dad was very good at, at uh, hiding gifts. Or like he'd call them the kicker gift. Like after you unwrapped all the gifts, there was always one that we didn't find. And the first ever kicker gift I remember was the Nintendo sixty four. Oh wow! So that's a, I would say that that gift like kind of changed the way that I interacted with the world. So probably best <laughs> best Christmas gift the Nintendo sixty four. And that I think they is... just made a movie about that premise, but not 64, like the Super Nintendo 8-bit sure. Christmas with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Not plugging them, but uh, I haven't I, seen the movie. This just is the news premise. to me. This is, yeah. I have not even heard of this movie, um, but I'm sure I will be watching it soon uh, since I'm living in the days of movie pass. Uh, also, well, I'm thinking now, uh, last year we did, in fact, uh, one of the questions we all went around uh, saying when we first found out whether or not Santa was real. So I guess the juice is loose at this point. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think we need to hide it. If you're listening yes. to this, uh, you know, it's kind of like the polar express where 
Santa in the world doesn't exist, but then if you're that weird kid who like hallucinates meeting five different versions of Tom Hanks on a train and then believes in Santa afterward, like into your thirties, uh, then you know, good on you. That that's your prerogative. Uh, but when did you do you remember uh, the first Christmas where you were? <laughs> it wasn't Santa giving you stuff. No, I feel like I I I remember just like feeling like Sherlock Holmes where. Because, <laughs> because you know, stocking stuffers. It was yeah. always random shit, and I got we got these. I think because it was around '03, and it was around that era of like, you know, like nine eleven was recent. There was these like there was this thing in New York where a lot of people were selling them. There were these little glass rectangles with like bead art in them, and there was like this one that was like a nine eleven memorial thing, hmm. and for some reason. Don't know why it was in a stocking stuffer, and I was—I just remember—I remember that because I remember it being like Santa, like wow, like we didn't. I was like, you know, like I was like, okay, very random gift to give. So that after Christmas, we go into New York City as a family, and yes. we're walking around. And I know my parents had been to New York on like a date night, whatever, a few weeks before Christmas, and I'm walking around and I see these little <laughs> glass rectangles, whatever, on on like every everyone selling these things, and I'm like, this is fucking weird, you know. <laughs> My third grade brain. That's what I'm thinking. So then I'm like, start like connecting the dots and I'm like, I'm going to my brother who's four years older and I'm like, yo, I think Santa's not real. And him just going, yeah, you fucking idiot. Of course he's not real. He's known for years and that's a lie for me. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, I cracked the case and I remember I confronted my parents. I'm like, listen, here's all the notes. I had like a list of notes and they're like, the yeah, chalkboard. It's, yeah. It's us. And then the I just. I just remember feeling an overwhelming sense of guilt immediately. Like I would never have asked for a gift. If I knew my parents were Santa, I would just be like, nah, get me, get me socks. I just felt like horrible. It's like wow. the worst thing. You must've been like such a great child. If you weren't demanding presents constantly, I feel like that's every American kid's dream. Uh, the Christmas list definitely like diminished after that. I mean, I would still ask for stuff, but just definitely would reel it in. You know, as far as sure. scope, and then <laughs> what uh, were you asking I, for when you were nine? Oh my god! So like, I remember it was like second grade. I remember those like they were? It wasn't highlights, but they had those little like um, almost like current events little flip through books, like a Newsweek or something. I forget what they were called. But Not there highlights was this, magazine. It wasn't highlights magazine. It was like okay. these weird pass around things. You know, you'd read topics and articles, and you know, discuss them as a class. And one of them talked about this new cutting edge robot that was coming out, like this little <laughs> robot in Japan that could like do these things. And I remember reading that and going, oh, Santa's going to get me one of these. Easy. <laughs> like cutting edge technology, like there was the Boston Dynamics of their era. And I put that on my Christmas list and I went to my parents and I was like, Santa's going to get me this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to do all these things around the house. Like, make your coffee. I was, like, telling them about how great our lives are going to be. They're going to be forever changed. And I remember my dad being, you know, a little hesitant and saying, you know, bud, I don't know if Santa is going to get that for you this year. And I was like, why the fuck wouldn't? I was a, I was a good kid. I, I did my work. I did my chores. So, uh, I thought, this is all I want, though. And then... Uh, yeah, just obviously didn't get the robot that year, but 
I probably should have known right then and there that there is again that, and that's the thing I thought of too. I was like, huh, they couldn't get me the robot. Say they didn't give me the robot, so I was like, my parents couldn't get me the robot. <laughs> Just you know? added it to your to your whiteboard of notes. Yeah. So uh, again, there, yeah, it was it was like uh, the red the red string on my wall. Yeah, you're <laughs> Just connecting, connecting all the dots. dots. Yeah. Did a uh, friend of the show Jim Pomeroy tell you how he found out or knew from the start? Has he told you that story? I've heard, and pro- maybe, and I probably forgot. So apologies, Jimbo. <laughs> he uh, apparently, and I confirmed with his mother at his engagement party this past year. So this happened, <laughs> and I could be Perfect telling it slightly. <laughs> incorrectly but i think i have a majority of the story right uh right before christmas jim is the oldest of three children and uh he tells his mom like we really need to go like out to get food i need to talk to you about something it's very important and from his mother she was like oh i was a little concerned like that sounded very alarming for a seven-year-old boy to like you know say let's leave the house i need to talk about something important and then they go out to eat or to a coffee whatever and then they sit down and he's like santa's not real is he <laughs> and she just like laid it all out and like told him right there and she's like uh yeah but keep it from your siblings and just the fact to have the tenacity as a seven-year-old to be like i gotta know i gotta find this out that is the confirm. most gym thing he's like he's like can we go out like they went out of the house yes they left that- the house that is the most gym thing i've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life and i i love that I, if i could like you know, uh, you know, at uh, in any time there's like one of those movies where at the end of your life you get to relive any moment from your own yes. life. Oh yeah, I would I would pick that moment from Jim's life to to relive and watch <laughs> him do it. Um, ooh, that's wow, that's that's very deep. Like I've never. Th- do you think that that's what happens when we die? Or, like we get to relive one moment. Oh, there's a great movie which I'll recommend to anybody to watch. Uh, it's called Afterlife. It's a Japanese film from 1998, and it's that exact premise. Is like, you die, Interesting. You, you go into a room, and these people go, hey, so you're dead, pick one memory from your life, and we'll recreate it for you. And that'll be, like, your eternity. And it's Oh, forever? Film. Like, you relive it over and over again? I... I'll, I'll, I'll just say that is, that is exactly what they say to the people, and that you, that... Is the movie, and you should watch it. It's phenomenal. Um, <laughs> they, I don't you know if you know relive. that movie. You, I don't know if you know that movie, Nine Days, that came out. This I did. Year. I watched it. The so, theater was fantastic. Okay. I loved it. So Nine Days takes direct the the director of that film took direct inspiration from Afterlife. Wow. Okay, I would I'd recommend I'm to watch sold. it. It's it's phenomenal. I had a lot of fun with Nine Days. Uh, yes. Um. Yeah, that was a very good one. Uh, this sounds intriguing. Uh, I am sure Jim will be thrilled that you would want to relive that moment as seven-year-old Jim. Uh, Not as a, I, I, I would want to be some. I would want to watch him do. It. I don't want to be Jim. I want to be. <laughs> I want to be a witness to the event. But like they okay. can't see me. You know. <laughs> okay, so you're in the coffee shop, but yes, invisible. Like I'm, I, I'm about to like order coffee and then I overhear this kid having the conversation with his mother and I go you know what that kid's gonna grow up to be a very very bright young man someday and then I <laughs> and then I say that and then I completely change the tra- trajectory of his life <laughs> then, I, then you find out at the end of the movie that I'm the one that made everything that went well in Jim's life is because of me 
<laughs> I'm sure he'll be very uh, flattered that you took the time to go in that and edit all of his life. Yes. I'm I sure, hey, I better. mean, you were, uh, you know, whenever I went over to your guy's apartment, you were one of the highlights of me going over there. Jim would be like, you want to come over? I'm like, I guess. And then he's like, Liam will be there. I'm like, my man. And then I just, you That's know, run over. Too kind. <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, I owe it all. I owe our friendship entirely to Jim being, you know, very adamant of, you should try joining UPB at school. And then I met, That's true. you know, like. That's true. 50% of all my friends at school. <laughs> um, That's completely fair. Great guy. Friend of the show. Uh, he was on Spider-Man 2, one of my favorite episodes of 2020, aside from Spider-Man 3 recording with Mr. Liam O'Connor. Yeah, so uh, everyone gets the, gets the treatment when they're on. Oh, oh but not as much as you. Yeah, You're the no, man. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Hawkeye? Let's get into it. I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, I I put it off for so long, and another to mention another friend of the the show, Ale was. I think we were yes. sending TikToks about. There was like a great TikTok about someone saying about how they haven't started watching Hawkeye yet, and now <laughs> and we sent it. We're like, yep, we're both in that same boat. And then in preparation of this, I on a Sunday, you know, a little hungover, just watched watched it all in one go, and it it was a fun ride. Uh, it's very fun. Yeah, we, from we the, from the start. The yeah, uh, but but we yeah we discussed the first two la- uh, last episode, and then so uh, before Jordan had to do law school related things, uh, the plan today was we were going to talk three and four uh, because originally a year ago when we recorded the pilot Christmas episode, um, we were going to rotate guests every year and talk about Iron Man three exclusively as like okay. the Christmas episode. <laughs> But uh, right after we recorded that, Marvel's like, we're going to have Christmas content every year. So next year is the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, directed by James Gunn. That'll be good. Yep, which is going to lead directly into Guardians 3, which will come out five months later. Uh, awesome. I'm, so, hey, maybe you'll come back. Maybe we'll get a new guest. We'll see. But uh, we are here t- this year to talk about Hawkeye as a Christmas uh, show, which, honestly, like, I know... It really gets me in. It's it gets me in the Christmas spirit. Like I think Iron Man three is a very underappreciated Christmas film, like in the vein of Die Hard. Uh, whereas this is more of a like in your shoving your nose in Christmas kind of deal. Yeah, but there there's it's a fun. Christmas track in every episode. Um, obviously, the opener in itself, which is not the not the opener of episode one, but just him being in Christmas in New York. They set they kind of set up the whole plot device of oh each day we're gonna do a different christmas thing so he's kind of doing that with kate bishop instead of his kids so i don't know it's clearly they're they're building their relationship to be something strong so that way they can leverage that into uh young avengers or the future of the hawkeye franchise with Haley steinfeld as the lead which um I, I literally went on a big Steinfeld kick after watching those episodes, I'll be honest. I watched Edge of Seventeen uh, two nights wow. ago. Phenomenal. Okay. Then I uh bought it uh, Oh, it's 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 great. It's good. And then uh started watching Arcane, which is also great. So she she doesn't miss. She's she's <laughs> another fun. Um but no, it, it's it's really been it's been it's been good. I definitely am enjoying it more than I did Falcon Winter Soldier. I think it because you have 
WandaVision and Loki, which are yeah, they're top fun tier. because top tier, and they're very lucky because, or at least they were designed for success because they were built in concepts that are just very fun. Yeah. WandaVision is doing some weird experimental sitcom of the week kind of deal, and you have Loki I'm that that worked you know, as well as it did. Oh yeah, and it, it shouldn't have, and it worked great. And <laughs> the Loki fact that there's is, a, a Marvel episode, a Malcolm in the Middle parody in Marvel content, and it totally fits what is happening. Like, yeah. shouldn't exist, but it oh, does, and, they, and it's and fantastic. They had, fun, they had fun with you know using Evan Peters as a fake out to yeah. like you know tongue in cheek, like we acquired Fox. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ralph Boner. Yeah, great, great uh, fake out. It shows that they're going to get. It shows that they're getting creative with this opportunity. You know, they mention multiverse in Wandavision. They mention the multiverse in, or at least they tease the multiverse in Wandavision. Then they clearly go in multiversal stuff in Loki, and then yes. now with these more grounded shows, it's about. It almost feels like the job of Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Hawkeye are to show the future of what the Avengers are going to be. Whereas the others yeah. are about building the world at which the Avengers are going to live in. So yeah. let's introduce the concepts of all these different characters coming in from different dimensions because that's going to become a commonplace thing. I'm sure they're going to, you know, get get a lot of rope with that. And then with, uh, you know, who's going to be the, the next cap, that's going to be a big, that was going to be a big discussion. Now it's already answered for us. And, yeah. you know, I, I think Anthony Mackie's going to kill it in the role just for what what's to come. I think they set it up well like obviously the show wasn't perfection but i think he does fit he, you know i think it was like the last yeah. episode it did feel like okay boom, I, he's cat so yeah no i had fun i had a lot of fun with that franchise uh it definitely could have been better i honestly like i'm curious how hawkeye lands just because uh i'm having a lot of fun but i and i think it's a better show but i like the character of Hawkeye and Kate Bishop less than I like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like I'm yeah, way more I think that's fair, interested yeah. in watching them interact in that world than I was. I mean, and this still has some legs and we can, uh, this is a good segue into, uh, <clears throat> back in college, we watched a little show on Netflix called Daredevil, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, we obsessed over just because at the time, there wasn't really any superhero show that was quite like it. We were watching, like, Arrow and all the, oh w, the CW shows, and we are just like, this is cool, because yeah. they're superheroes, Flash. and it's a TV Flash show. season two is incredible, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. And then, basically, Daredevil came out, and Yumi and Ale, like, every day after it launched, like, because all 13 episodes immediately, and we would just pick each other's brains every day, and we could not shut up about that show. Yeah. It was it, an experience. The first and time I got the flu was yes. the weekend that dropped, and I watched every fucking episode in well, a row. I was about <laughs> to bring that bring up. Uh, uh, that was season two with John Bernthal. The, was it? Yes, because do you know my life better than <laughs> I know my life? Fuck. Okay, I cool. do. I do, and I need you to accept it. That's why do you think I keep calling you the man? Because I know how great your life is. <laughs> You just I've logged the history. And I'd like to think I have a good memory. Okay, so what? Season one? Okay, yeah. I guess you're right. So that was 2015. <laughs> you watched all the Burnthal. Okay, that was... yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because there was a lot of hype around it. Yes. You're right. You're right. And we watched... Uh, well, I watched season two and season one, honestly, way slower than both you and Ale 
which I watched the first weekend I binged pretty hard and then I wanted to savor it just because I was like, I don't know when something this good is going to come out like mm-hmm. ever again. And I saved the last episode of season one of Daredevil for like way too long. Like I didn't watch it for like six weeks just because I wanted to save that high of like I wanted to be able to relive that. Yeah, uh, it but... was pe- it was like peak Marvel content. Oh, yeah. And then also around the same time, we get Age of Ultron, which is just like, at the time, it's very fun in the theater. And uh, you call out a drunk Jim Pomeroy for spilling his popcorn. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) What a fool. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, Daredevil was ahead of its time. Uh, And anyway, that ties into Hawkeye because, did you notice, quote-unquote, Uncle's hand... And the gesture to Echo in episode three. Oh shit! Okay, no, I, you know what? I, I, you know, because I've been thinking, I want to know where the Echo storyline's going because it does seem yes. like we jumped into it and there wasn't enough grounds as far as where it is. But no, okay. So are they linking her to like the hand, as in the, the uncle? is Kingpin. Played by Vincent D'Onofrio. I heard his laugh. I am 100% sure I rewound it over and over again. I was like, that's a pretty meaty hand. Uh, And then I also did a little deep dive on the content. Echo's parents were murdered by Kingpin. And in the comics, she teams up with Daredevil to take down Kingpin. All this is adding up. Well, I I like, you know, I like the... uh... I like Echo's character, so her episode, like her, yes. her, her intro, uh, they're yeah. doing good job at the intros. Even the beginning yes. of just Kate, like, what oh, yeah. inspired her or whatever. Watching Hawkeye I'll, in 2012, that was amazing. That's yeah. what I want. That was great. Because when, when you do think about it, if you're a child, if you're a child and you see a guy fighting aliens with a bow and arrow, <laughs> that, the next, whatever, three years of your life, at least for me, <laughs> would probably be, you know, imagining that was me and, like, you know, playing yeah. with sticks but she actually yeah. <laughs> followed through. So then, she has like, the money, and obviously the money too, you know, if I... The money. Uh, Santa stopped giving you money after you found yeah. out he wasn't real. Yes, exactly. And you could not pay, support your, your archery career. She became an Olympic athlete. Well, you know uh, what? I, and I remember this when you asked. So I, every year, for when I, like so long when I was a kid, all I wanted, and it's going to sound creepy, obviously in hindsight, but <laughs> I wanted a marionette puppet. I thought they were the coolest <laughs> things ever. I really did. I really thought, like, that would be a cool thing to learn, is to be a puppeteer. And every year I put it on my Christmas list. Every year. And I never got it. And then when I found out my parents were saying I was like, so what the fuck? Like, I've, I've been putting it down. And they're like... And I think they more or less said, we didn't want you to be the kid with the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Kate Bishop... I guess you can ask for anything, at, you know, what was it? They're at a funeral? Uh, yeah. She goes, I want a bow and arrow. I couldn't even get a fucking puppet, so how would I be able to, you know, be a superhero? My parents are getting in my way every every step they can. What puppet, like, what do-goodery would you have done with a marionette puppet? Like, how would Not do-goodery, but, you know, like, that could have been my thing. <laughs> I could have been, I could have been, you know, like, on, I could have been hired to work on like team america world police if i was born earlier (laughs) i don't know there's definitely a market for it do you think that would have 
increased your popularity in college or plateaued it or uh, well, I mean, weakened it? We did go to a school where a kid that rode a unicycle every day was like a hero. <laughs> so I think that I might have made my mark on Madison, as they call it. Because I don't think anyone fucking... Uh, there's no ounce of me in that school at all. I don't even think I have like my name like written on a desk. So... Uh, oh, you didn't steal a brick and like oh no write graffiti. Nah, I didn't. The... Nah, it's horrible. Come on. <laughs> what am I gonna do with a brick? Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, I walk around with a brick uh, every time I have to move. Pack a dumb brick in a box. Oh, because it's from that school I went to. Come on, just go to the go, go look at the bricks when you go down. I have stolen a film reel from every movie theater I've worked at, beginning with Grafton. So oh that's shit, kind of my See, that's mark. Co- I guess. That's cool though. Yeah, I mean, I've worked at three, although this, this this is the first theater I've worked at that's everything's digital, like, I don't think they have ever had a time where they had reels, so... <laughs> Steal thumb drive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Some, it's, it's gonna upgrade, obviously, it couldn't be stealing reels forever. Yeah, um, gotta, gotta find the new thing. That is kind of surprising to me that you did not, you, of who constantly quoted, as soon as season three of Daredevil came out, you quoted... When I was a boy, that speech over and oh. over again for about two months. <laughs> I do. And yeah. You could not pick up this guy, Vincent D'Onofrio. And he also took to Twitter and he he tweeted like the Hawkeye premiere, like, I love these Marvel well, shows. Well, I knew Can't he was coming. I knew movie. he was coming back. I didn't know in what capacity, though. I thought it was going to be more lo- linked to Spider Man than anything. But you didn't see his meaty hand touch Child Echo to, and him laugh? To be honest, I think I, I might have missed that scene. I need to go back wow. and rewatch now. Again, it was it was a hungover Sunday. I will give myself <laughs> that. Was not in probably the most attentive mood as I could have been, but uh, it's no. It's I, also funny because uh, Ale also like she texted me about it, like what do you think of Hawkeye like the day that episode came out and I texted her back that's motherfucking Kingpin's hand. So we had a dialogue about it. I figured that I would just bring it up on the podcast and you would much like. Uh, debunking santa would have a whole bunch of uh yarn attached to well, your wall i think it because it didn't they more or less say okay we're gonna bring charlie cox back and d'onofrio but we're literally making them not their character like it's they they made the the netflix stuff all not canon right so that's no i think it's staying like agents of shield is not canon but they haven't said anything about I mean, maybe Iron Fist, but other than Ugh, that, they Iron like... Iron Fist, fuck Iron <laughs> Fist. Fuck, fuck the Defenders, fuck... Oh, sorry. Luke Cage, they fucking shit the bed. With, I like, like so... season one. Season one was fine. How come I feel like... Well, they had power cast. Oh, yeah, you had Mahershala Ali. That, he was the oh, best yeah. part of, the, part of the, that show. Yeah. Now, I don't know how... You know, I think the only reason they, they want to do not canon so they can get him in Blade without a, anyone yeah. bitching. But then again, Chris Evans has proven that you can just rob oh, yeah. anything. No, they don't care. Work. Yeah. It's definitely a soft reboot, but like the char- like Foggy and Karen are theoretically all coming back. Like Their contracts are on the table for like the Echo Show and other stuff like that. Like I'm just glad that they're players. bringing... Yeah, I'm bringing... Like, if they chose someone else to play over Charlie Cox, it would be the most disrespectful thing. Oh, like, yeah. No, it would be insane, because he killed it. Like, there's no... Yeah. You can't recast that. Yeah. It, and uh, and bring back... They better bring back, back Bullseye. He was yeah, great. I, like, season great. three was phenomenal. Uh, I feel like we're going... So I, I, I'm taking us off the rails from the Christmas side no, of this, this is, podcast, this is, but... It's all about off the rails. We're talking about Hawkeye loosely. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is a Christmas I, show. Yeah. 
And oh, well, we're not talking about Hawkeye himself, though. Like, <laughs> no, I did. The, I did want to know. Show. Yeah, because I think one of the big things from the start is uh, uh, so they're introducing the fact that now Hawkeye is hearing impaired, yes. and I thought there'd be more of like a mirror reflection between him and Echo. Like, I, they they did have that little moment where she's they got the says, sign language stuff. You you rely too much on technology and yada yada yada, but. I do want to know where that is going to go because I feel like it is a very big plot point that they made sure to focus in on like right from the start of him being on screen with being at the musical and try, like they're like, yeah. oh, you're hearing aid and things like that. Um, and it also feels like a much bigger eulogy for Black Widow than both Endgame and Black Widow solo movie combined. Like this yeah. is a much better... Honestly, you could not do the black widow movie other than the fact that you need to do introduce florence Pugh and um other characters in that world but uh yeah that movie just this is doing a much better job for me like i think yeah. this just lands i agree and and at first i was kind of you know i didn't know how i felt about the ronin costume being the MacGuffin. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I at first I was just kind. Of, I thought I found it kind of silly. Like, why he again was so gung ho on spiking his entire Christmas plan just because of the suit and like how they incorporated the suit back in. And I do think there'll be a twist it, of some kind. It, it well, it makes sense because it ties in <laughs> the villain. It okay, Ronan killed my dad and all that, yeah. and now he's gonna have to pay for the crimes because in. Uh, Endgame, clearly, when you see Hawkeye, he's fucked up. You can tell that oh, yeah. he's probably done some bad things, but now he's all happy-go-lucky, and you're, it's so quick just to, like, delete that stuff from your memory and go, oh, this is the guy that was joking around in Age of Ultron, like, Haha, none of this yeah. makes sense, I'm a bow and arrow <laughs> guy, and... Um, but, I, I don't know, I think that his... his uh, there's chemistry between him and Haley Steinfeld for sure, and just like the scene where they're doing the Christmas marathon, he's showing her the quarter trick and all that. It was fun. It's been a, it's been a fun watch. So, yeah, it's I I'm just apparently tomorrow's episode, which is I think I'm gonna watch that and No Way Home like within the same 24 hours, which back is pretty back. crazy. Yeah, uh, but apparently, uh, everyone, all the marketing people are saying episode five is going to break the internet. So, I'm thinking that might be when Kingpin shows Kingpin up. Kingpin or They explain... My coworker's saying, like, the watch that they stole from the Avengers facility that Clint keeps talking to... The Rolex. Linda Tortellini or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his wife's name. Um, and he... My coworker's like, I bet that's Daredevil's watch. And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, why would Daredevil need a watch? He's blind. Like, Well, also, isn't, don't they say that it's a Rolex? Uh, I mean, they might. Yeah, I thought I thought it was like a oh, vintage or you do see, yeah, no, you do see like the actual. Well, the like, Rolex watch. would make sense that it's Kingpin's. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, yeah, okay, now, obviously, Jesus, now it's like dropping on my head like an anvil, definitely. Because I, <laughs> I remember thinking, okay, what is is the watch Tony Stark's? Because it was recovered from the Avengers facility, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So I, I was trying to link it to Tony Stark. Maybe it's another Edith scenario where there's something in the watch. You know, remember his watch that he had where he put on yeah. like the glove and oh, yeah. Civil War. Maybe I would it love was that. that. Watch. Um, I, 
it could be Kingpin, but I don't think... And I, I do think Matt Murdock uh, might make an appearance in Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, I, th- I think that... Wasn't that a set photo that was released? Yeah, I mean, they've yeah. leaked a lot of stuff. It's really hard to separate the fact from the fiction. Yeah. Like, it seems like Toby and Andrew are in it. Uh, like, I'm 99% sure they are. And I assume Matt Murdock is as well, even though like he won't be wearing Daredevil costume or being Daredevil at all during it. Like I feel like he's just going to be in a lawyer capacity. But if we get them introduced into the MCU, like what brilliant planning would that be to have both of them come back to the MCU through different channels, like different a show and a movie on the same fucking day? Yeah, I mean, the same week. That would be rad. I mean, it would, it would be it would it would undo them being like dicks for canceling the shows in the first place. I do understand they were just, that whole move was to get out of contracts with Netflix. Yes. They were, they spiked so much good content just to get out of, you know, the, the death grip of another company. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean that totally, that's really what, as soon as all of them were getting canceled, I was like, Oh, this makes sense. And then it, mentioned that the two-year clause in the contract you can't use these characters for two years i was like well cancel it sooner just so i can see daredevil show up again it's been i mean i rewatch daredevil like frequently like whenever i'm looking for something to fall asleep to or whatever like those those three seasons are just so goddamn good season season two lacks i mean i think season one and season three are great but season two the best parts of it are with uh i think punisher yeah, oh, yeah, once pun- the first four episodes. Yeah, are... w- once it pivots to about the hand, that's when the yeah. show really like lost me, and I agree. It just wasn't as strong as you know Frank Castle. And, but I mean, and Frank Castle high... is in it pretty frequently. Like yeah, the first they, four is the peak. They sold the season as if it was going to be Daredevil <laughs> versus Punisher, and then you know maybe a team up near the end. So maybe that's just me getting buying into my own expectations too much, but. I think it was just the ninjas, honestly, for me. Like, I'm just so yeah. bored of ninjas as well, villains. They, it's, it's classic Marvel. You need to give a faceless enemy just to throw at the main guy so they can just keep yeah. pummeling and pummeling and, you know, <laughs> without you feeling bad for them. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's, but it's, it's a great show. I'm excited to see him back in the universe because he is the man. Uh, I guess you, him, and Denny Villeneuve are the three... The goats, <laughs> yeah, the three goats. Um, the three. Again, don't don't feel at do not feel at home uh, with <laughs> those two. Uh, definitely much better than I. But what would you do if you were like to eat dinner with Denny Villeneuve and Charlie Cox, like for three hours? What a random! What? It would be random as hell. But I, realistically, I would just want them to. I, I would be more interested in them talking and me just being a fly on the wall because I'm sure. Sure. You know, Charlie's. Got enough know-how. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Char- I'm sure Charlie's a fan. Are you kidding? I bet he's watched all the... Oh, ha- sure. You know. It would mostly be... It would definitely be Denny talking 99% of the time. And then I'd be like, oh, cool. Like, you know. I'd chime in with just onomatopoeia. Like, wow. Oh. Um, that honestly but, sounds like a perfect dinner. It did. Sounds great to me. I mean, I'm sure, you know, they'll bankroll it. You know, I'll be eating some Wagyu beef. Um, but... I guess the un- unrelated to Hawkeye, but I guess a rumor that I was heard. We did talk about nine days on the podcast that we apparently did. Winston Duke might be uh, taking on the mantle of Black Panther. 
since apparently the oh, actress that played Shuri that. is walking yes. away from the franchise. She's, I've heard about that, that rumor. I think they're trying to get her to come back, but really it's she won't get vaccinated and they're filming in other countries and where it's required. Yeah, that's um, what I that's what I heard, but I didn't know if that was just the headline. All I knew is that she was confirmed off the sh- off the picture. She, uh, she, the it's not it's, confirmed it's, yet. She's like taking medical leave or whatever, like due to an injury on the set. I've been doing a lot of air quotes, people at home. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it is not confirmed that she's leaving. I just that whole production. Like first, you lose Chadwick Boseman, who is the movie, yeah, and then you put in Shuri like that much sooner. Also, isn't it kind of crazy? Like the smartest person in the MCU, one of them is an anti-vaxxer in real life. Well, I get, and I don't want to like say anything because I don't want to get into that stuff. But if it if it's true, it is like kind of. I it's less about being anti-vax. It's more about how do you say no to that much money? Sure. In reality, like you know, to be the to be in a, a Marvel lead. You're going to be oh, yeah. making millions of dollars. and <laughs> For a long reg- time. Regardless of your beliefs. Regardless. Yeah. People that don't believe in this stuff and they're getting it, you know, just to make ends meet, make minimum wage. You're going to say yeah. no to hundreds of millions of dollars because you don't want it. I don't care. Like, I'll, I'll do anything for that much money. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally. I like that. That's the part to me that is just, I can't get, like... I would inject me with like, you know, sewage. I don't care. Lit- <laughs> it's hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, but that being said, take. the potential for take. Winston Duke to take the mantle with what they set up with in Black Panther one with him being yeah. going for the mantle and being more yeah. brutish, but then also coming to the aid of the Avengers in infinity war. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of potential for his arc to be that, classic redemption arc of brutish uh hot-tempered almost not antagonist i would say now becoming the mantle of black panther and having to kind of learn how what comes with that role like he's not he's not part of the family line like t'challa and he has to kind of integrate almost like uh not the same world but avatar uh legend of korra like that's what her show is kind of about. Where, yeah, if you for people that watch The Last Airbender, Avatar, you'll like this comparison. For those who don't, the Shyamalan film. No, <laughs> please. Uh, the show because the original with Aang as the Last Airbender. The show is about a guy that swears against uh, violence, learning that he must need to be a little violent at times or a little more brutish to save the world from evil. Whereas Legend of Korra is a story about an individual who is a little bit more brutish, a little more quick, hot-tempered, needs to learn how to be a little bit more peaceful-minded in order to solve her problems. So I do think there's a lot of potential that if Winston Duke were to come on as Black Panther, that the movie they can make around that concept is very strong. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I am rooting for that franchise because it is going to be a hard role to fill because Chadwick Boseman is that character and really crushed it, so... Yeah, I had always assumed that Shuri would eventually take the mantle, just because that seemed like kind of the direction they were going in, more or less, down the road. But, uh, I mean, the fact that they rushed it that soon, I really like that idea of the Winston Duke angle. Like, I think you could make a very good trilogy, 
Or even, like, if Shuri doesn't come back, then make him the third Black Panther. In every Black Panther movie, there's a new Black Panther. Well, I, I mean, there there was that uh, with uh, the death of Captain America in the comics. It kind of passes the mantle a bit before landing on Bucky. Um, you know, Hawkeye tries doing it. Like, I, I think that could be a premise, too. It's just, you know, uh, I'm blanking on the name of uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character in Black Panther. Shia? Shuri? Or Sh- no, Shuri's Shuri. the sister. Oh, sorry. Okoye? Who are you? Sorry, oh, yeah. With, with... Uh, Okoye could, could, I think, um, because what is that? That's a Denai Guerra. I forget her name, Walking Dead. Are you talking about the girlfriend? Who are you talking about? The girlfriend, about? yes. Yeah. The girlfriend. See, I, her character in Black Panther just does not, I feel like they're just forcing it in. I got the least amount of development from her. I just, I uh, like as far as star power, as far as star power to put oh, her sure. in, in that mantle, that, I think that's what they're, that's what Disney constantly weighs, is just... You know. I feel like they did not develop her nearly enough. Like Winston Duke and Shuri, there was enough character development in the franchises or in the overall franchise. Like, oh yeah, they could they have speaking parts. Like they could do that. She, the girlfriend, was such like a background character to me. I did not. It, yeah. Like the mother seemed to have a bigger arc than she did. Yeah, I mean, it did, it did feel like it just ticked the box of female lead slash love interest. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with it's Okoye. Um, Okoye is the the head of yeah. the Dormelage. I I feel like her character is already so good though. Like I think she could. Oh yeah. In a similar Winston Duke fashion, she, you could do the story with her being like you know stepping aside from her duty as allegiance to the king or yeah. queen and now being that. But I do yeah. feel like her character is so solidified about being that. You know, she didn't yield her role even when someone yeah. she thought was evil was, or I guess she did flip near the end, but I don't know. She, she, I, I think that she would be like, a, she's like a good advisor. She's almost like the hand of the king in Game of Thrones, where it's like, <laughs> you know, you need, like, she would be a great pairing to Winston Duke trying to be king. And then the convert, like the dialogue between the, those two would be fucking great. Like amazing. Oh yeah, Absolutely. I'm I'm sold. Let's pitch this movie to the Feigster. All right, I'll do it. I'll, I'll hit him up. Send him, send him yeah. a tweet. Start the. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he checks his Twitter messages, like direct messages? Mm, that's a good question. Does he I, even have a Twitter? I don't think he's on Twitter now that I'm thinking about whatever, it. Whatever social media, or, or I, I'm sure he's. Because I think you got to have the the fear of uh, public opinion when you're in in that yeah. seat. Everything he's doing is to ensure that fanboys fangirls um you know whoever yes. just uh don't get upset that's like that's disney's motto yeah. don't don't make people yeah. upset at any cost <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, however, no matter how many men women children we have to kill burn maim along the way so long as they are not unpleased by our films we will we will do what we must well, uh, to quote uh, Jordan, since he's not here, would you rather have your future be engineered or imagineered? Oh, God. <laughs> imagineered is, like, such a terrifying verb. <laughs> I don't know why, because you just know it's, ama- like, uh, the Disney machine is scary. Soon we're just going to, yeah. I don't know, everyone's going to have to wear Mickey hats with, like, brain tracking devices in them. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be, like, Westworld. Um, I mean, hey, if I keep getting premium Marvel content, it's kind of like the sewage uh, vaccine with oh you. Like, I, I'll, I'll wear whatever you'll fucking trade your, you want me to. You'll sell your soul to, to the yeah. mouse. To the mouse. You <laughs> can have it. What good, well, are you a Succession fan? 
I dude, we could go on for another thirty minutes. <laughs> I'm just to quote uh, yeah. Greg and. Last night's episode. Yeah. What what good what, is a soul? What good is a soul what anyway? Soul. Souls are boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably one of the greatest episodes of television I've watched in a good while. Oh it's, man, what a goddamn show! Yeah, like, this whole season. I, well, to be fair, I did in the I I was like, ah, oh, where are we going? Where are we going? And then the episode before the finale, I was like, oh shit! I thought that was the best episode, and then oh really? And then the finale happened, and then. Yeah, definitely solidified it as, you know, a great show. Just <laughs> confirmed. Confirmed. I mean, it was always yeah, it was always great. But I just remember thinking like, ah, the season's kind of losing touch a bit, and then it oh, just reeled I me did not back feel in. Feel that way. Although, um, I did because uh, season one I loved all the way through, and then season two kind of lost me a little bit just because neutered Kendall was kind of a a buzzkill. Like, ah, uh, I wanted to see him try. And then the ending, like, the last two minutes of season two blew me away. And I was like, well, more content that's, immediately. Well, that's where, like, the last two minutes of season two, I thought season three was going to be a certain way. And I think, what, yeah. in reality, as as you can see, is my main character flaw is my expectations for things are what lead me to not like things. So okay. I'm expecting season three of Succession to be, oh, Kendall's finally got his shit together and whatever. Yeah. Again, I don't want to get too much into succession because I could fucking talk for another hour. But <laughs> that and the leftovers. We should just start our you know, own podcast. The leftovers. About the leftovers in succession. I will literally rewatch the leftovers any day of the week. I love that fucking show so it's much. It's so good. It is it so is what good. I call a perfect show. It is something that you know, if someone were to watch and to say they didn't like it, I would judge them. And I rare <laughs> I rarely do. Usually like when someone says like, Oh, I don't like, you know, uh, bacon lettuce and tomato sandwiches and i'm like oh like that you know that sucks like i love them like that sucks that you don't get to enjoy the thing i love but yeah when it comes to that show if you say like that show fucking sucked stupid i just i'm gonna i'm gonna think of you a certain doesn't way. make sense yeah oh, yeah that, that, oh, that's and, something uh, i hold close to my heart and, and we even touched on it briefly in the end game post game but uh what was your stance on uh the finale did Carrie Coon tell the truth about the machine working or was she lying? The show is about grief. <laughs> but what did you it's think? It's about loss. It is about let me come on. I'm, I'm, don't think I don't think I've had <laughs> I've, I've, I've had this his hands ready. He's speaking with his hands yes. as if he's trying to move around my question. I don't uh, I will say anyone that is gonna watch the leftovers, fast forward five minutes past this point and we'll be resolving whatever uh, whatever the next step is. But I think that the show is about grief, loss, and how humans cope with that. And it's not about what actually happened. It's about the truth that you want to believe in order to get past that. I think that she, Nora Durst, her entire run of the show is constantly trying to out people for buying into false truths and it gets her very upset because she lost more than most during this shit. And she goes, you guys are doing it the wrong way. She thinks that her way is superior. But it takes until the last fucking scene for her to realize that she needs to swallow the pill that everyone else did however many years ago when this shit happened. That, you know what? This truth of me going and seeing that my family is living a better life, that's what's going to help me move on. And that's what she believes. So, okay. she bought, and that's where Kevin Garvey immediately, who is already just figured this out for himself when she says mm -hmm. you believe me he goes of course i do 
because he acknowledges that that was the pill that she needed to swallow and that he will do whatever she needs to do in order to get past that grief because he loves her and they're perfect for each other. It's a fucking beautiful show. <laughs> and that's and that's all I got to say about that in true Watch Forrest it. Gump fashion. Watch it. It's great. I, it is great. Um, so uh, we're getting close to the end of the ep. Uh, so there's a couple things I want to do uh, beforehand. First of all, summarize your opinions of Hawkeye uh, overall so far. Do you think he's going to die at the end and make room for Kate Bishop to take over the mantle? Or do you think he's going to get home to his family in time for Christmas? I think what will end up happening... I, I So, Hawkeye, I've been enjoying it. I think there's a lot of promise there. Haley Steinfeld clearly is good in the role. I'm, I'm, I think if they finish this show strong, you know, a lot of good potential for future content with her. Um, as far as predictions, I don't know if Hawkeye will die. I feel like they're teasing that he might go fully, fully deaf. And then that'll be his exit. It's like he won't be able to be an active agent. And then he finds sure. peace in that. And like bonding with his family just through sign language. I don't know. That seems like where they're going. <laughs> it seems like Clint really, like they want to, I don't think a death would really feel justified or like a good ending. It doesn't feel like yeah. that kind of a character that needs his art to end with a sacrifice. Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, what else was there? Uh, what's your ranking of the show overall? Like, I would say, it, it, like compared to the other Disney shows, I would say it's it's definitely it's it's hard because I really like Loki. I, I would say it's on like maybe like a like a like a minor step below Loki, but I think it's just because that content interest like that premise yeah. interests me more of like timekeepers. Well, um, you also, you can consider, like, your opinion could totally change in two episodes. But right yeah. now, where do you think it will stack up? Yeah, like, right now, I think... the end of the run. I think right now, it's, like, mid-tier. It has potential to be great if they if they can get it across the, the finish line. Okay. And you're excited to see Kingpin tomorrow, I assume. I'm, yeah. Fingers crossed that he actually makes it on. Even though I just found out about famous this. <laughs> when I was a boy yeah, speech. When I was how a boy. You, how do you want him? How do you want him to walk into the room like, I, I, with that line? I, yeah, and I think that they're going to give him comic accurate white suit, purple shirt. They're going to make him, you know, they're 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 going to oh, yeah. do. It. I think if they reintroduce him, they're going to do it, do it big. Yes, agreed. Um, and uh, for fans at home who are familiar with last year's Christmas episode, uh, we ended the episode by willing into existence $10 million by a moment of silence and wishing uh, such a thing came true. None of the people, uh, me nor Jordan nor Alex from last year's episode, received a $10 million check. Uh, so we are going to continue the Christmas tradition alive until we do. But before that, uh, I pitched to Jordan before he told me he could not attend today's meeting. Uh, I would like to continually add traditions, uh, seeing as it's a Christmas episode and we'll keep doing this every year. Um, so I, we were going to, uh, listen to the Beatles white album and rank all of the tracks on it and combine our rankings between me and Jordan. That can be next year, perhaps we'll see. Uh, but, uh, this year, Liam, you're the guest. Do you have anything in mind for a tradition you would like to permanently attach to the Marvel sucks versus no, it doesn't Christmas episode? And I have an idea if you don't have anything. No pressure if if there's something that you can't think of off the bat. And it doesn't have to be Marvel-related. 
It it's, does not have to be Marvel related. But it should be Christmas related. It can. and Yeah, I mean, the $10 million is not necessarily Christmas related. Well, it's a gift. Uh, it, it, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it, it, it's one hell of a gift. Um, uh-huh. It can be Christmas related. Uh, hmm. But it's totally your decision. See, like, I'm not... I didn't come from a family with, like, a lot of traditions outside of, like, Sunday dinners and... That. What, what what was your favorite Christmas movie growing up, other than Iron Man 3? Probably, like, I loved the Jim Carrey, uh, the Jim Carrey of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I don't know. That's a movie that, like, I watch today, and I still, like, get the Christmas vibes. Like, that'll always be, like, a comfort movie. Okay. Well, I mean, you could do, we could keep it a Jim Carrey-related yeah. game if you could think of somehow tying in that movie. Oh, uh, I don't know. What, what, uh, what do you got? I, I feel like you have something I much better. I had the idea that you mentioned when we were talking about Nine Days. Uh, and also, it's good for the tradition to kind of be the same thing, but it could change every year. Uh, like, so my idea, just uh, instead of tiptoeing around it, is uh, the nine days you mentioned sitting in a room watching a favorite moment from your life. Yeah. Uh, we do that since it's toward the end of the year. We go back, go around, uh, everyone on the podcast for years to come, and discuss either our best or worst moment of the year that we would would or would not like to relive over and over again. So just this past year? Just this past year, and then every year it changes, so next year will be 2022's moment. So, if you'd like to share your best or worst moment, uh, one of which, that, or I can go first if you can't think of. One. No, I have mine's easy, and it's gonna get like pretty deep. Um, my mom yeah. had like life-saving surgery this year, so wow. I just remember, like, ah, fuck. Okay. Um, it was like the night before, like the night before the surgery, like, you know, you're talking to your mother, your parent, oh, and, you know, yeah. you realize you're going to have to hang up at some point before the surgery happens. And it's like fucking yeah. the weirdest feeling in the world because you don't want to say, you don't want to like say a eulogy because then you're like, oh, if this yeah. goes wrong, whatever. Yeah. But you yeah. acknowledge you're going to have to say goodbye, but you're not going to be able to say like how much you love, you truly love that person without it coming across as a negative thing. And yeah. the, the, those, like, 12 hours, however long it was, it was, like, fucking painstaking, like, so long. And, yeah. you know, my dad's, you know, where it's COVID, you know, he can't even be in the hospital. It's, like, fucking crazy. So, yeah. you know, next day, things go well. Then all of a sudden, my mom's, like, up and awake. She was supposed to be, like, asleep for days after this thing. She's up, mm-hmm. and, and she's like, oh, she wants to FaceTime, you guys. And my mom calls us on FaceTime, and... She is a fucking riot. This woman had like, like literally like open heart surgery style. Like she had like blood clots pulled out of her lungs. Um, and she's cracking jokes the entire time. And me and my brother are just in tears laughing because she's just, she's, and she's like doing bits. Like she's doing bits as if she's a stand up comedian, like taking breaks, waiting for the laughter to be like, yeah. And what's with this? Hilarious. And, uh, yeah, I just, that, I would not relive it in a sense of like, oh my god, like, yeah, that was a lot of trauma, but <laughs> yeah. more like, <laughs> but how fortunate. It was such a good. It's, yeah. it's been a fucking hard year for a lot of people. All I know is, you know, hug your parents, hug your grandparents, love your families. I mean, it truly was something that you know I, I realized that 
not a lot of people get and you know i will never take for granted so definitely highlight of my past year and yeah, that, that that was beautiful that i why did you go first I, i'm sorry like i have nothing loaded in the chamber i'm sorry <laughs> that was incredible that's oh man that set the bar not only i mean mine's gonna be dog shit right now because i don't really have anything uh I guess if I it's all good. We can edit it. Jordan can edit it so you go before me, and then I'll say, "Oh, great one, Kate." I actually have one that's a little bit more sad. (laughs) Oh God! Like, uh, I mean, to relive. Um. Hmm. Okay, I I got a pretty good one. Um. Uh, but again, like, it's gonna be dog shit, like, it's so, tr- it's, like, just dumb, uh, like, late 20s boy kind of thing, like, story. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went to Vegas for, uh, my buddy Marshall's bachelor party. I might have, uh, briefly mentioned this when we, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I met th- for Dune, right before Dune. Yeah, I think you did, um, me- you did touch on it. Yes, and we, he is a avid gambler. Uh, much in the vein of Howie from Uncut Gems. Um, And he lost a significant sum of money uh, and then won it all back with the magic of a quote-unquote Toby Keith, or a magic Toby Keith token that was left over from a previous, um, like, of residency that Toby Keith had at the casino. So Marshall loses $50,000 and he wins this Toby Keith token and he keeps pointing the token at the dealer and whenever he does, he gets the hand that he wants. And it's essentially a magic token. I don't really believe in magic and paranormal and all that crazy stuff, uh, but it clearly works. And he won back $50,000 in three hours and then That's he crazy. talked us... I know. He, he spent an entire three days... like convincing us that this was a magic token and i was like okay i'll bet i never bet but if i have a magic token sure and then if i lose then i can hold this over your head forever that you were wrong and magic isn't real and i won a four-way parlay that ultimately like ended me winning like four hundred dollars that's which and we just all danced around the room and listened to toby keith for like two hours and drank like a case of corona and all other bachelor parties will have a big shoes to fill just after this one because it was it was truly crazy and now again that story is dog shit compared to uh hey man. <laughs> Liam's like parent lived each, through traumatic surgery each each story has its merits in its own way and I'm I you know obviously one is a little more heavy than the other but I still think like when you get to witness someone on a lucky streak you like live off that energy for a while because it, yeah, you know, it's it's nice to see a friend win, especially fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> fifty thousand dollars, crazy. Coming from, and uh, also to you know to share that with Liam O'Connor, who would inject sewage into his bloodstream to get millions, hundreds of, of millions of dollars. Again, <laughs> I'll do, probably I'll do, less. You'd probably yeah. do it for less. I, I'd do anything just to be like an extra in a Marvel movie. Like I don't know. Like it's just again not to go into deep into that topic. Again, it's. <laughs> Isn't it, like, fucking Uh, crazy? It's also fucking crazy that I have to, like, be concerned about being against anti-vaxxers. Like, I think that's... Not to go on a thing, but that's what I'm terrified of. Because I'm scared of... (laughs) 
God forbid I offend anti-vax people. Like, I don't agree with them, but, you know, they're humans. I don't think that they should be shamed or shunned, but either way. But what if, what if they have a firm stance on anti-vax, but they disagree with liking the leftovers? Oh, they're dead to me. (laughs) <laughs> like I, really, realistically, it's, it's the one thing. It's the one thing that is my uh, my test. <laughs> Watch they three seasons thing. of this show if you, and 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 that's the high risk, high reward situation. You're either making a friend for life or an enemy. <laughs> um, and that and that's all and that's all I got for you guys. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what a way to end uh, the Christmas episode. Um, well, I guess there is one thing left to do. Um, we do have to will into existence a $10 million check or briefcase full of cash, like how, however you see fit. Um, but uh, until then, uh, I guess we'll end with my note, which Jordan might edit in. I don't know. Or he's going to include all of this of me just jumbling around without uh, and closing without him, which I'm sure would be something he would do. Um, but I have been Cade Weiberg. Marvel does not suck. Uh, thank you, Liam, for coming on for the Christmas episode. It's been great. You're the man. Hey, thanks um, for having me, man. Back for a new episode in, yeah. in the future. And uh, if we could go ahead and uh, end the episode with a moment of silence and will into existence a $10 million check for each of us. Did you get it yet? No, I did not. But <laughs> I do. I do hope everyone has a happy holidays and look out for look out for that check. And then uh, please do share. <laughs> please do share some of those millions with me, and I will inject sewage into my veins. <laughs> uh, thank you, Liam. Thank you, everyone. Merry Christmas, and we will see you next year for the Christmas special, and sooner. Honestly, like we're gonna do more content pretty soon. Spider Man's coming out. Have fun. <laughs>